hope. I hope. Those two words may make up the worthiest sentence ever spoken by the people of Jesus. I hope. It's so rooted in faith. It's so rooted in possibilities and what God has in store for us. We are even reminded in Scripture itself that faith is about being certain. It's about being sure. But it's not about being sure of facts and lists and rules. Scripture itself, when it tries to teach us about what faith is, it says faith is being sure of things hoped for. Let's pray together. Our God, we come before you today with sincerity of hope. We put our hope in you of the things that we allow both individually and collectively to get in the way of this hope that we have in you. The things that we fear, the things that we worry about, we place those before you as well and ask that in your works of miracle, whatever you do and however you do it, we ask that on this day of hope, you replace our fear with hope, that you replace our worry with hope, that you again give us a measure of your Holy Spirit as we dwell together in this place in the name of Jesus. Amen. Does anybody still watch game shows? Are they still on? It just, I don't know if it was because there just seemed to be a time where everywhere you turned, there were game shows. But I know they're still on, but they just don't seem to be quite what they used to be. When you look back on game shows, it used to be fill in the blank. You know what I mean? 21, Jeopardy, even Family Feud. You had to come up with the answer just out of nowhere. I knew that game shows were on the decline when people started playing for a million dollars a multiple choice game. Thought, all right, that's, that's the end. I loved it when people had to just come up with an answer out of nowhere because, not because the shows themselves were all that great, they were, I mean, they were exciting, but my favorite thing about fill-in-the-blank game shows was the answers that people gave to questions either that weren't being asked or they were just so outlandish and crazy that it was just, it was just about as pure as entertainment could get. Um, maybe you've seen on YouTube. YouTube now has collections of videos of crazy game show answers. 
Like for 10, 15 minutes, you can just sit there and watch all of these answers that people gave. And you're just like, where in the world did they come up with that? But my very favorite one, and I have a favorite. I've watched enough of these videos now that I have an absolute favorite. It was an old family feud where the contestant in the final round, you know, when the, you know, the top answers are on the board and they come... She was, she was standing with Richard Dawson, and he said, all right, here's, here's these questions. The one that I just I love more than any of them, 100 people were surveyed. In what month does a pregnant woman begin to show? And she answered, September. <laughs> it, it, and even when she said it, she knew, oh wait, that wasn't the question you were asking. And sometimes we answer different questions than the one being asked. So hear now the word of the Lord from Matthew 24. This is Jesus talking, by the way. But about that day and hour, no one knows. Neither the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so it will be in the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away, so too will be the coming of the Son of Man." Then two will be in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. These are the days of miracle and wonder. Today is a day of hope. Now, this passage we just read may sound like a future second coming kind of passage. And my hunch is, is that if you've been at this whole Christianity thing for a decent amount of time, that's the way that you've heard this passage. That's the way that you've heard these ideas. And most of the time, they were taught and handed to us as the church in order to do one thing, in order to scare you straight. It was to instill fear. It was to say, you'd better watch out. You better, you know the drill, right? Just... Stay awake, because you never know when this is going to hit. This is not the way that all early Christians taught this passage. 
As a matter of fact, when Jesus preached this in Matthew 24, it wasn't that long before Christians started telling this story as a way of being confident in the promises of Jesus and in the presence of God. In fact, they did some very interesting things with this passage, telling the story not as something that happened in the past, but something that they were participating in in the present. In fact, when they started reading this passage to one another, they asked the question that we're going to at least entertain today, could this have been Jesus' way of saying that He was coming for a visit but telling them right in the middle of the visit? He was saying, you don't know when the Son of Man is coming and He's sitting there at dinner with everyone and everybody's like, yeah, that's right, we don't know when He's coming. And all the while He's thinking in the back of His mind, it's happening right now, I'm here, I'm here right now. I'm here with you. It was His way of saying to the people that they were missing what was right in front of them. They had everything they needed right there in the presence of Jesus, and they missed it. They didn't realize. They didn't realize that they had the best thing in the whole wide world, the Creator of the universe, the incarnation of the Son of God, right there at their fingertips. Instead, what were they doing? I mean, it's in the passage. They were worrying about the future, so much so that they were thinking that this passage had something to do with the future when probably what Jesus was doing, I mean, to be fair, there are future passages. One of the ones we've already read this morning, whenever our three readers came and read, you heard a future passage. So it's not to say that there's no future in Scripture. There are future passages. You know the one that we heard today? They will beat swords into plowshares. Now, I know for a fact that hasn't happened yet. There's still plenty of swords. There's probably ten swords for every plowshare out there. That's still here. So there are things that we are looking forward to. There are things that are in the future. But I'm wondering about this one, about this Jesus sitting with his followers and telling these kinds of stories, if he wasn't trying to get them to see the present, that hope is now. These are the days of miracle and wonder. We have nothing to worry about. And Jesus tells us in this teaching why we have nothing to worry about. And it's because we are awake. We're not asleep. We may have been asleep in the past. We're not asleep right now. We are wide awake. We are awake to the possibilities. We are awake to hope. But most importantly, we are awake. So we have nothing to fear. And we have nothing to worry about. This is, after all, Matthew 24. All right? So in the book of Matthew, and we're going to be seeing this for you know, quite a while as we dip into the book of Matthew each Sunday. But as we read Matthew, for some reason, Christians around the world are starting on this first Sunday of Advent with Matthew 24. Why didn't we start with Matthew 1? Well, it's because of what Jesus is doing in the present with what really amounts to His last sermon, this last big sermon block in the book of Matthew. But you know what the first big sermon block in the book of Matthew is? Sermon on the Mount. And you know what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount? 
do not worry. These kinds of things that Jesus puts before us are said in light of do not worry. These are the days of miracle and wonder. The extreme Noah example even is nothing to fear. And that's about as extreme an example as Scripture gives us. No, these two women that are grinding in the field, one gets taken and one is left behind, that is not nearly as scary as the Noah example. But Jesus is saying you have nothing to fear. So you know how early Christians might have preached this passage? They would have preached it as an allegory. They would have said, Jesus is talking about this Noah example to help the people understand that they're in the boat. They have nothing to fear because they're in the boat. God made a covenant with Noah. We are in covenant with God. And so we're in the boat. And they would have even gone so far as to do all kinds of real creative things with it. They would have said, God is the boat and the world is the water. And as long as you are in God, you have nothing to fear. Because no matter how high the water gets, the boat's just going to keep going up. And the water's going to get tumultuous at times. And you're going to get seasick. Oh, you can count on it. But you're still going to be in the boat. So, I mean, picture this 300, 400, year 500. They're preaching a passage like this and they're trying to get people to understand as long as we are in the presence and promises of God, we have nothing to fear, nothing whatsoever. We have nothing to worry about because we're in the boat. These are the days of miracle and wonder. We have nothing to worry about. And he would have just kept going with this passage because you're the owner of the house. But you have nothing to fear. And so it's not the thief is going to sneak in at night. He's saying, look, the thief is already here. The thief is in the house, but you're awake. And you're the owner of the house. And so you have nothing to worry about. Maybe the thief is the world. But whatever the case, there's no reason to worry. The wonder of this teaching of Jesus on this first Sunday of Advent, on this day of hope, is wonder that is rooted in a promise. It is wonder that is rooted in faith because faith at its very core is about being sure, about being certain but it's about being certain in our hope. All you are expected to do today is to expect. All we are expected to do today is to hope. We have nothing to fear because God is with us and we live in this promise. Have you ever tried to stay awake when you were dead tired? Most of us know what that feels like. If you've ever tried to stay awake when you are just beyond tired. No one said that this was going to be easy. But 
stay awake. Stay awake, my friends. Roll down the window, drink a cup of coffee, and play loud music. But stay awake. And then if the wind and the coffee and the music is still not getting the job done, maybe this information will. In the name of Jesus, these are the days of hope. In the name of Jesus, these are the days of miracle and wonder. And we have so much to say. Amen.